And I think getting to a power conference or getting to the Pac-12 has been this sort of nirvana, this promised land for them of, of validation. And, and they've wanted and inspired to that, you know, 40, 50 years. That's Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union-Tribune. He's talking about San Diego State and the Pac-12 Conference. It's the subject of an all-new episode of Kanzano and Wilner, the podcast. What's better than one, John? Here's Johnny. Hmm, nobody really knows. That's why we put two of them together. This is Kanzano and Wilner, a.k.a. John and John. We were looking for the perfect guest to talk San Diego State as it pertains to the Pac-12 conference and expansion uh, and realignment and the letters that have been flying back and forth. It, uh, you know, we, we, we found the perfect guest, Wilner. Mark Ziegler, sports writer for the San Diego Union-Tribune, covers basketball, soccer, the Olympics, covers anything and everything else around the, uh, San Diego State, and he's going to be joining us. Why do we want Ziegler on, and what do we want to learn about San Diego State and the Pac-12? Well, I mean, he knows San Diego State athletics as well as anybody. He's been covering them for a long time. But and also, he's a veteran of the realignment wars in the Mountain West that go back to, you know, Boise leaving and San Diego State leaving a decade ago. He, Utah, he knows the he can, he can talk about the issues from 30,000 feet and from three inches. And that's what you need because these are complicated issues. And and uh, I, I think he is, in, in fact, the perfect guest. And we're going to hope hope that he can help walk us through what's going on with the, the letters and the back and forth with the Mountain West and what the what the feeling is on campus in terms of their options. And is the Big 12 really a, a possibility? You know, what what could be challenges for San Diego State if they do get into the Pac-12, you know, he's going to have, I'm confident he's going to have a lot of answers. The guy is incredibly informed. Yeah, and I've been, you know, spending a lot of time on San Diego State and SMU, given that they are one and two as the Pac-12 went to explore expansion options. And I think the Pac-12 needs these two schools. It needs to be at 12, needs the inventory for football and men's basketball, needs the media markets, needs the TV households of both those markets. But I also want to know, like, I think SMU is positioned with their NIL collective to maybe only be behind Division Street, only behind the University of Oregon as it pertains to NIL buying power. I want to know about San Diego State. Can they, just by virtue of joining the Pac-12, can they hit the ground running from an NIL perspective, and will they be as competitive right away? Of course, in basketball, I think they will. But what about in football? Like, is it sustainable what they have done in recent years where they've been competitive uh, playing some non-conference games against the Pac-12. I'm John Canzano. Read me at johnconzano.com. John Wilner's here. Uh, Bay Area News Group, pac12hotline.com. Wilner, let's get to our guest. You ready for this? Yeah, this is going to be great. Our guest, uh, we're excited to have Mark Ziegler on. He is a sports writer at the San Diego Union-Tribune. He's covered like 16 Olympics. He is the go-to on basketball in particular. Uh, you know, Follow him on Twitter as well. He's a great follow there. Mark, thank you for making time for us. appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad to be on here. I'm a huge fan of uh, your pod and, and and both your blogs and and uh, I've been following them for from afar for a long time. So honored to be on. Well, we should probably just jump right into the news. What what is going on down there? <laughs> <laughs> the winds of conference align realignment have finally reached the southeastern corner of the United States. <laughs> put it that way. Um, 
it's it's been a crazy week your last 10 days i mean look the, san Diego state and everybody knew this deadline was approaching they had till june 30th to give the mountain west one year uh notification that they intend to leave or that they are leaving um uh the conference uh and that would be for the 24 25 season they play next year uh spend next year in the mountain west and back when the news first broke about usc and ucla um leaving the, the pac-12 it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a long time uh before san Diego state's name popped up as sort of the the prime expansion candidate um and at that time you know they knew they had this june 30th deadline and people talked about it, but it was like there's no way we'll get even close to that and and then it was labor day there'll be something done then halloween and then i mean i'll tell you guys it's been going on forever and then it was for sure 100 percent final four They'll have this thing sorted out. And even if it takes another month or so, it's still nowhere near the June 30th deadline. And here we are, you know, barely a week out. And I don't think, San, I, I, I honestly don't think San Diego State knows what it's going to do. The letter that was written, it, and then the second letter, it's wild to me that it, you know, it took two letters, first of all. But what is your read on what went down with the initial letter, second letter? What was San Diego State trying to do and where, where did they end up? Well, I think the initial intent, and no pun intended, uh, because that was one of the words they used, was they were two weeks out from this deadline, and it was approaching rapidly. They didn't think there was going to be any resolution in the Pac-12 um, in, in, enough for them to get a formal invitation. And, and so they were trying to test the waters and see how much flexibility uh, there would be in the exit term. So in, in the Mountain West... If you give one year notice and they're still under the GOR, you still have three years left on their on their uh, media rights deal. Um, it's the exit fee is three times the annual average payout per school. So this year it's going to be around five point five, five point seven million, somewhere in there. So three times that, roughly six sixteen point five to seventeen million. If you go after that, if it, you can still leave with less than a year notice. But it, it, it jumps, it doubles, it jumps to 34 million. And San Diego State is, is flat out said, we cannot pay 34 million. 17 is going to be hard enough to swallow. No way can we pay 34. So this deadline became hard and fast. So I think all they were trying to do is just test those waters and see how much flexibility it was. Remember, um, uh, in the American, when those three teams left, they got hit with a big exit fee because it was inside their window, which was actually 24 months, uh, and they negotiated them down. Uh, and so I think they probably thought, well, you know, there's got to be wiggle room. There always is. Uh, even when San Diego State left a decade ago to go to the Big East in football only and, and move the rest of their sports to the Big West, and that fell apart, they had to get back in the Mountain West and sort of negotiate their way back in without too many penalties, and they did that then. So I think they honestly felt there was some wiggle room. That was the intent of the initial letter. The problem was it was sent to all 11 presidents and the commissioner. And when you do that, if you're notifying them that you're leaving the conference, you have to send a letter to the commissioner and all 11 presidents. And I think they took that as, oh, they're saying they're leaving. And heck no, we're not going to meet their their uh, their uh, exit terms or we're not going to have any flexibility. And so that's I, I think it started innocently enough. I think maybe it wasn't worded well enough. And I think it shouldn't have been sent to all 11 other presidents. So do you think that they are playing the legal game in any way here and trying to you know establish a paper trail? whether it's acting in good faith for future negotiations on the exit fee, or is there some, is there something that maybe the public fans and public 
aren't seeing behind the scenes with this whole back and forth with the Mountain West? I'd love to say that, but I don't think that's the case. I think they just did something that, you know, maybe out of good faith um, and they shouldn't have put it in writing. I think the president shouldn't have put it in writing. Uh, I think most of these things are done in this age, particularly at a state university where there's public records requests all the time. We're making them all the time. Other people are making them all the time. They should know better than putting something like this in writing and, and A and B worrying about it leaking out. I think it could have been handled discreetly. And so I think I don't think there was any kind of grand legal strategy here. I think they just, you know, sent a letter and, and, and misinterpreted what would happen. And, and, and now are in this huge pickle. And, it you know, at the end of the day, there's been back and forth. So there's been two letters from each side going back and forth. So after San Diego State sent their first one, the Mountain West sent one back saying, OK, well, listen, you know, we've received your letter. That's we're taking that as notification of you leaving. San Diego State sent another one saying, no, 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 we're not leaving. But we'd like you to consider flexibility in the exit terms. And the Mountain West sent one back saying there is no flexibility in the exit terms. And we still think you're leaving. Um, but at the end of the day, all that is just saber rattling, I yep. think. And the June 30th deadline is the June 30th deadline. I think from a legal standpoint, San Diego State can say, hey, we use the, the term, you know, we intend to resign or our intention is to withdraw something along those lines. And then they send a clarification letter. I think they'd have pretty good legal standing that they're not really leaving the league right now. But it doesn't change the June 30th deadline. It still exists. I, I talked to Mike Oresco, who's the commissioner of the uh, All-American Conference, and he had a, you know, a super grounded collegial approach. You know, he said, look, if SMU wants to leave, you know, I, I would thank them for what they did in the conference. I'd wish them well. Do you get the sense that the Mountain West Conference is not going to play that way? Or did they just need to draw a line here because, hey, we got a letter uh, and it was sent to all 11, and, and so we need to take it as if that is their withdrawal notice. You know, I got the impression talking to, to Gloria Navarro as a new commissioner in the Mountain West that everything was very collegial and everything was very, yeah, you know, good for them. You know, TCU and, and, and uh, Utah left the conference too, and we helped build them into what they are. And same with San Diego State, and we'll be fine. And, and, and that was... The last time she spoke on the record about this, I think the problem with the letter is once it got leaked out, it got public. And I think she probably I'm, I'm just guessing felt like I've got to get the back of all these other schools um, that are in my conference. And I'm going to be commissioner for because San Diego State probably is going to leave. Uh, and and I got to publicly be tough. And so all of a sudden she's 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 taking a very um, contentious approach, it seems. Uh, she stopped talking to the media after being very open, saying, call me anytime. I'll talk about everything. I'm very transparent. She won't return any messages or talk. And and so I think I think uh, she's probably just getting the back of the other 11. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think there will be any hard feelings. Mark, can you do you have any sense for what, if any role, the CSU, California State University, is playing in this whole thing in terms of advising San Diego State, help, you know, doing what it can to get them in? Because I have to think the CSU would love to have a campus in a conference with Cal and Stanford, uh, you know, and there's been so much progress has been made uh, educationally with, you know, now the CSUs can award pu public health doctorates independently. 
it just seems to me like for the system, this is a big deal. Are you getting the sense at all that that CSU is involved, or is this strictly happening all on campus? I, I you know, I someone told me that the chancellor may be consulted on this or advised on what's going on, but won't be involved in the final decision. Um, of course, CSU wants them in. Um, but within CSU, you're going to have some envious partners. Fresno yes. State's going to be very envious. San Jose State shouldn't be envious, but probably will be. Um, they should just be happy they're in the Mountain West and haven't been been dropped out. All due respect to San Jose State, but I think a lot of people in, in the Mountain West from the, the feedback I've gotten is that they shouldn't be part of of the Mountain West, and they kind of hold people back. Now, recently, they've done a lot better, but but that's kind of the sentiment. But Fresno State feels like, look, we have this big market in the you know in the Central Valley, and we're very successful, um, and we should be in this same conversation too. So there's that they've got to deal with. On the one hand, on the other hand, CSU has got big plans for San Diego State. They're expanding the campus from thirty five thousand to fifty thousand. They've just got this plot of Mission Valley land that's got the stadium and might have some probably have some some business ties and links for students it's three three trolley stops away from their sort of landlocked very small campus for what they have uh and and so they it, it's sort of the, their flagship campus and so of course they want them in a in a in a big conference and the president has said we we identify you know, this is not just an athletic conference this is a academic identity and we ident- we want to identify we want to be partners with Stanford with Cal, with Washington, with all those other schools that are R1 research institutions or AAU members. Um, and so that's that's what they aspire to academically as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal both for CSU and for San Diego yeah, State. A, a president who has three degrees from Berkeley, I should add. <laughs> San Diego State in 2012 leaves the conference for the Big East, then reverses course, has to apply to rejoin. Um, I had always kind of figured that the Mountain West would welcome them back with open arms. Do you do you get the sense that any of that has changed? Is the Mountain West posturing any differently? Or, you know, if they, if a worst case scenario, they have to come back. Uh, does the Mountain West say, hey, no hard feelings, you're back in? Well, that's going to be interesting because I've always felt like they harbored some resentment towards San Diego State after that incident. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, when they left, um, Boise helped them get in because the big prize was getting Boise for the Big East. Because remember, Boise football was really going then. It was a national brand. They'd been to Fiesta Bowl and 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 you know won some really big games, had great records, and they've really fallen off compared to that at least since then. Um, and San and they said, you know, we're not going unless you have a second school out, you know, west of the Mississippi. I think it was. And so San Diego State was that school, or maybe even west of the Rockies, and. And so they got him in that league, um, and uh, and 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 same with San Diego State. They kind of were partners in that. And then Boise State needed help uh, to park its other sports. And the Big West took San Diego State. Of course, the commissioner at the time was a San Diego State alum, and a huge prize to get the basketball team, Steve Fisher's basketball program. And Boise was like the whack. You know, wasn't the fit and the big sky. They didn't want to go to the big sky and and WCC is like, no, we're not taking a big public school. And so they're like, well, we got to get you in the Big West. The Big West goes, we don't want a school in Boise. We're all California schools in Hawaii. And San Diego State had to twist the arm uh, of the Big West to get them in. So they got them in. Then the whole deal falls apart. 
And the Mountain West is kind of like, you know what, San Diego State, screw you. We don't want you back. But we want Boise, and we're going to give them a carve-out TV deal to, to get them back. And Boise said, we're not coming without San Diego State. And that's how San Diego State got back into the league. Now, they might have taken them back anyway, but there was a favor there. And, and so ever since then, I've, I've always sensed, like with his basketball scheduling or little things here and there, it's like, this is your marquee school. They've won the most basketball championships. They've been really good in football. They're sort of the 1A to, to Boise. And you don't treat them really well. And, and, and fans here feel that and have wanted to get out of this conference for, you know, ever since the Big East uh, fell apart. And so, yeah, I, it'll be really interesting to see that it's doomsday scenario I see is if San Diego State leaves on the 30th with nowhere to go and the Pac-12 for some reason falls apart and there's only, you know, three or four Pac-12 schools left and say it's like a Cal and a Washington State and Oregon State and the Mountain West said, oh, we'd really love you to come into our conference and they take them and they say, yeah, San Diego State, you know, we're okay, we're good. I don't think that would happen, but that's one thing just kind of in the back of everyone's mind, like, ooh, we gotta, we want, might want to play a little bit nicer. And that's why this exchange of letters has, has riled up those tensions and, and they hope it doesn't come back to bite them. It's interesting hearing you describe how San Diego State was treated and how San Diego State fans and alums kind of respond to that. It echoes a little bit about uh, of the USC situation in the Pac-12 for the last decade. USC fans not super happy with how a lot of things have gone. Um, so can you trace the arc of San Diego State's preparation for this moment? You know, we had Chris Hill on, was that John, three or four months ago, and he talked about how Utah began, the preparation Utah underwent to tr eventually get into the Pac-10 Pac or another major conference was a decade or more in the making. They had this big strategic plan. Do, have you gotten a sense that San Diego State has had the same kind of thing with its eye eventually on the Pac-12? Oh, since since like the 80s, maybe even before that, <laughs> since the Pac-8. I mean, they had Fred Miller as their AD from from Arizona State. And back then he said, this is a Pac-8 Pac school, which is going to become maybe the Pac-10 or a bit. And 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 people here, you understand, this is it's not like your your typical college town. This is, you know, the eighth or ninth largest city in the country. Um, and 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 people kind of live here in the shadow of, of L.A. There's a huge inferiority complex about sports because nobody wins anything except for indoor soccer titles. And that's why San Jose going to the national championship game in basketball was an enormous deal. I wasn't here. I was with the team and I came back and started hearing stories about what the bars were like and people coming out in the streets and celebrating for college basketball team and, and just realize it was fulfilling and it was feeding into this you know inferiority complex that see we are somebody. And I think getting to a power conference or getting to the Pac-12 has been this sort of nirvana, this promised land for them of, of validation. And, and they've wanted and inspired to that, you know, 40, 50 years. Um, but in terms of the actual preparation, the, the nuts and bolts, if you, if you want to look back, it's a little bit shorter. I mean, I, you got to give a lot of credit to John David Wicker, the athletic director, you know, the presidents have come and come and gone. He was here as an associate AD under Jim Sterk. He left for a year uh, or so to go to Georgia Tech and then came back as the AD. Um, and and he has done a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, you know, they, it looked like they weren't going to have a stadium for their football team. And it looked like there was going to be a land grab in Mission Valley by a group, uh, a group of developers that called themselves Soccer City. We're going to build like a 20,000 seat soccer stadium 
um, on the cheap and get an MLS team, but they just wanted the land and build these huge condo towers and uh, office buildings. And and San Diego State wrested it from them. They they got it on the ballot with with competing ballot measures, won it, got the land, built the stadium in two years, just got an MLS team in there. Um, you know, all this time he John David kept the kept the basketball program funded and resourced. Same with football, but basketball he knows is the bread and butter. He knows it's a basketball school, and they finally broke through. Softball team just made it to super regional for the first time. Um, they're they're kind of riding high here. They're they're, they're you know they they've been pretty hot with the dice lately, and this is the last piece. They 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 refer to this sort of as the final piece, and it's going to be the hardest step maybe to make you know with with this deadline coming up. It's been interesting, Mark, to kind of watch the the men's basketball program you know get to the championship game, and I think a lot of Pac-12 fans were rooting for the Aztecs and. And then, you know, see it, some success in football even a couple of years ago where San Diego State, you know, dominated the Pac-12 when they played them. Uh, how how sustainable is the success? And what does being in the Pac-12 conference do with an eye towards that as, as far as sustaining or maybe even what's the ceiling here? Well, that's the it's a it's a question that I, I we talk about among my colleagues all the time. Uh, and, and there's obviously no answer when nobody has a crystal ball. But it's not going to be as easy as a lot of people think, in my opinion. Um, there's going to be some issues. Now, let's start with basketball. The Mountain West versus the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA, the Mountain West might be a better conference. It's certainly comparable. And they just went to the national championship game out of the Mountain West. So it's not like going to their conference is going to take them up a level in basketball. They, they just proved they could do it. Um, and so the travel is a little bit easier. That will be welcome because the, the Mount West travel is brutal. It's, it's the hardest travel league in the country by far. And the altitude piece is, is really hard for a C-level team. And they've been able to overcome that, but it's it's a struggle every year. So that will be welcome. Um, they've competed against Pac-12 teams. They play one or two every year. They have a very good record against them. They're very comfortable playing against them. They've been in some of those arenas. So that won't be the the, the big thing. But it's, not, it's kind of a, a lateral move, I think, in terms of basketball. Um, Football is going to be the challenge. The Mountain West, even though they've had some success against Pac-12 teams, they haven't had to play them week after week after week where your depth really gets tested. You get some injuries. And and uh, and and so that's going to be a challenge, I think. It's going to take them five or ten years, I think, to become competitive. There's a lot of things they've got to do. They've got to build a real practice facility. Um, the coaching salaries are nothing near what they are in the Pac-12. The number of coaches, the the, the support staff, the recruiting budget, all those things are not what they are. Now, I think it'll help them to say, and it has helped them a little bit, saying we're in the Pac-12, we're going to be in the Pac-12, we think, and they've been able to recruit to that. And they had a pretty good last couple of years of high school class. The big issue for both programs, though, is going to be NIL. That The landscape has completely changed. And in basketball, you have a program that spent 20 years building this, this brand and this program and done all the right things. They've got a, a, a great 12,000-seat arena that's sold out before the season starts. An incredible fan base now. I mean, now it's really, really incredible. Uh, they have great facilities on campus, a great practice facility, as good as anything in the Pac-12. Uh, they might have a better coaching staff than anybody in the Pac-12. They have a, a, a good pedigree of getting guys into the NBA um, or into Europe. All their players play professionally somewhere. Uh, and now they have, you know, they have a winning tradition. They haven't had anything less than a 19-win season. They go to the postseason almost every year. Uh, and 
and now they have the tradition of breaking through in the NCAA tournament. And none of that really matters right now because of NIL. They've struggled to recruit coming off a national championship appearance. They can't get a, a back. They can't get a big to replace Nathan Mensa. And they've tried, and they run into oh, this guy wants four hundred thousand in NIL or two hundred thousand, or they can't even pay a hundred thousand. They have two thousand per month per player. Everyone on the team, every scholarship player gets it, and that's it. And football, it's it's, it's like twenty dollar pizzas. I mean, it's it's really really small, and that is going to be the piece that's going to, they're going to have to go up against schools that have more of that than, than have it in the, in the Mountain West right now. And I think that's the big hurdle they're going to have to climb unless something drastically happens with some sort of legislation that reigns in NIL. But I think that how horse is so far out of the barn, they're going to have to find a way to compete right now. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah. Where is the money, right? Where, where's the money among your donor base? And I think that, you know, San Diego state and SMU are almost, uh, uh, their studies in contrast, right? Because San Diego State obviously competitively is ready to go right now in the Pac-12, and SMU is not. But SMU is a private school with a wealthy donor base. It's like USC in that regard, and you can envision SMU's donors once that if that Pac-12 invite comes, stepping up and funding coaching salaries and capital projects and NIL. And I wonder. Is there an equivalent with San Diego State among the donor base? Is there like this untapped donor base that's out there waiting for a reason to really get involved? And you wouldn't necessarily think it's there as much with a CSU compared to a private a private school. So that is, I mean, have you seen any indication that there's there's a hidden wealthy donor base ready to go? Well, I mean, the, the basketball team just went to the national championship game and there has been, I mean, there's been some improvement, but when I talked to the head of the collective, he's like, you know, we were just trying to, and as they were going through this run last year, I think it was after the sweet 16, maybe he's like, yeah, we're, 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 um, we're just trying to hit our budget, our first year budget of $350,000 total. And we're not even thinking about doubling or tripling it next year. We're just trying to survive next year. And they finally did hit their budget. But it took them going to the final four to do it. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think there's probably more money out there, but how much more? I don't know. Um, and the donors are a little tapped out right now because remember, they just built a new stadium and they were asking big money from people for the stadium, big money for the boxes. They overpriced their football tickets. They were charging, you know, 250000 I mean, $250 with a, you know, including a service fee to sit, uh, you know, in the upper deck and watch Mountain West football. They've lowered them a little bit because they didn't sell them. Um, I don't think they sold out any football games last year, even with the new stadium. And so they, they're, they'll adjust that and they'll figure that out and that'll get rolling eventually. But, um, uh, you know, they, a few years back, they had to tap into the, the donor base to build a practice facility for the basketball program. And they came up five million short and the school had to cover it. Um, you know, and the other thing too, that's going to be really interesting is, and they, and again, John David Wicker's done an incredible job with very limited budget, getting them in this position. It's really a, a minor miracle. He's been able to do this, but when you look at the budgets of a power conference school, and then you look at San Diego state as a group of five slash mid major, the big difference between those two groups. And if you look at the, the, the athletics databases, you can see this is the, the, amount of institutional support um, and uh, student fees for mid-majors and group of five schools versus what is in the power conference. And I think the stat, I was just looking them up today. I think on average, 2% of budgets for a power, a power five school come from 
institutional support, which at a, at a state school is, is basically tax dollars, and student fees, uh, which are a special athletic student fee. At San Diego State, um, it's 43%. And it's going to be really interesting to me to see what happens if they get into a power conference. And if you get a, 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 a associate students president who's kind of on the ball and says, well, wait a minute here. You said the reason we are going to go to a power conference is so we can get more money from, from media rights deals. Okay, we're in one. Why are we paying the student fee? Why, why are we asking students to pay three or $400 a semester um, for this? We shouldn't have to do that. And then the chemistry professor steps up and says, yeah, we're in the power conference now. Why are we spending all the, our tax dollar uh, institutional support that we get from the state? Why are we spending it on athletics? Shouldn't we be spending it on, on, on a new chemistry lab or in the English lit department or more tenured professors? And so those are going to be some really interesting conversations when they, if or when they get into a power conference. But their, their budget looks very different from what a Pac-12 school's budget looks like right now and i are you assuming that they're not going to come in at a full share right let's just oh i don't think for so. even let's just say for even numbers pac 12 schools get 30 million i mean i i'm thinking they're coming in at what 25 percent first first year or two wouldn't you think well that's the other thing that's the, the one issue of them taking that leap of faith and just saying you know what we think the pac 12 is going to resolve its issues we think they're going to stick together for the most part we think we'll be part of that conference. They'll have a decent TV deal. But if they make that leap of faith and they jump out there with nowhere to really go and no firm invitation, they're at the mercy of whatever they offer them. And the Pac-12 can save money for everybody else by giving them a low ball offer. And what are they going to do? Say no? I mean, they have no choice. And so um, that's they, they've lost all that leverage. So they could be facing a very, very low number. I don't know what it would be. I think, I think you know, to listen to, to their president talk, she talked, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago to me, and one of the few times she's spoken on the record about this, she's like, I'm all for waiting because I want the Pac-12 to get the, the the largest media rights deal they can so that we can get the share that we deserve. And I mean, she was always talking like a full share. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't think that's how it's going to work. I mean, Utah went years and years before they got yep. up to a full share. So, and, and then when you start doing the math of, okay, they're making 5.5 uh, in the Mountain West, and let's say they got, you know, 12 or 13 million, whatever it is the first year. Okay. So you're getting seven or $8 million more, but you've got to, they have absolutely no streaming capacity at San Diego state. They are worse in the, in, in the mountain West. They have no studio. They have no control room, no fiber optic wired, hardwired in any of their venues. Uh, they'd have to jack up up the canvas to do that. I I've heard estimates of 10 to 15 million for that. You've got to pay a $17 million buyout to get out of the mountain West. And what are you going to do with your coach's salaries? I mean, Brian Dutcher makes $1.3 million. I mean, you could double his salary and he'd be in the low end in the Pac-12. And, and, you know, that, he might be the best coach in the Pac-12. And, you know, you might have to triple his salary. Football coach makes like the low ones. I mean, a Pac-12 football coach makes three or four million on the low end. So there's a lot of investment that's going to have to take place um, if they get in and they're not going to have enough money to cover that. So it's, it's going to be, they're going to operate at a loss for a long time. And you're going to have to have a president with, with a real, real stiff backbone to, 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 to put up with, okay, we got to keep investing in, in athletics. Uh, and, and we might be heading into a little bit of a recession in California, at least from the tax basis, which means less money for the CSU schools. Um, it's going to be interesting times. Mark, I've kind of wondered if the PAC 12 was squeezing San Diego state, like along those lines, like, you know, pushing it towards June 30th, 
you know, make putting San Diego State in a position where, you know, yeah, if you want to join this conference, you're going to have to cut a deal that you, you probably don't like. Did you have you had that sense that are they getting squeezed right now? Is is this letter and everything part of that? No, I don't think the. I mean, just as I don't know if I give San Diego State that much credit for sending this letter, <laughs> letter some, you know, grandiose legal tactic. I, after seeing the Pac-12 operate, I don't think to give them the credit <laughs> of doing the same thing. I mean, am I wrong? Right. No. Uh, you know, it could be the blind leading the blind. I don't know. I mean, I, San Diego State has done everything really well, and this is like the one gaffe I think they've made. And um, uh, maybe you have to give them, you know, a, a, a pass because they've done everything else so well, but. No, I, I I don't think so. But I mean, at the end of the day, if there's a chance to save money, the chance you know, the chance to save money. Now, the flip side of that is, you know, you could bring in San Diego State at that. They wouldn't have a choice if you wanted to bring them in at twenty five percent or thirty three percent or whatever it is. But they're not going to be very good. You have to know that. I mean, if you want them to be competitive, it's probably in your best interest to to, to help them get competitive as quickly as possible because the rest of their sports are not going to be competitive. Uh, men's golf, maybe. The softball team did some good stuff this year. They, they'll probably be in the middle to lower end of the, of the conference. Uh, and that's about it. Their soccer team's been in, you know, what is left of the Pac-12 in, in soccer. They need an extra team to get an automatic birth in the NCAA tournament, the sixth team, and San Diego State is that sixth team. And they finished last or second to last every single year. They, they Even with the, oh, Pac-12 recruiting bump and all that, they haven't been able to do it. And, and so there's, you know, they've got a long way to go in a lot of sports. And again... I'm not sure what, you know, there is an upside for them, but for basketball, which is your, is your real, your flagship program, there's really not a ton of upside for them um, coming into the Pac-12. I mean, they, again, they, they function fine in the Mountain West. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's going to be, um, I think it's a little bit of a calculated decision by the, by the Pac-12, but if they need the savings to, to bump up the, the distribution shares to everybody else, they might not have a choice. Granted, uh, given that realignment happens in the shadows, uh, I should ask, do you have any, uh, have you heard anything about uh, serious interest between San Diego State and the Big 12? You know, I've asked some people about that. I know they've had conversations. Uh, they're certainly not as advanced as the Pac-12. The president has been very open that their strong, strong preference is, is the Pac-12 for the reasons I stated before, that it's more than an, a an athletic conference. It's yep. an academic alliance and they want to be allied with those type of schools they want to be an r1 research institution they want to be a AAU, aau institution um and they have i mean that you know one thing i think a lot of people have overlooked is that san diego state academically has transformed more than they have athletically uh in the 90s this was you know the number one party school in the country i mean i'll tell you a story i i i remember one friday night i was up there and it was it was before bias arena had been built but that area right in front of Vias Arena, there's a, the main street there. And there were like eight or 10 school buses lined up at like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And students were getting on them and they were pulling out packed. And they go, oh, they're going down to the border to Tijuana. And I don't know if Tijuana Tourism Bureau or who paid for them, but <laughs> they were transporting students down to the border. Who knows how many of them came back? There's a drinking age, of course, is 18 down there. And... <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of school it was. I mean, I never, I, I, I joke, you know, I see actual backpacks now. And and people like would walk in the library their senior year and look around and say, wow, this is what it looks like. I mean, it was, a, it was, did not have a great academic reputation. And I can joke about it now because 
it's totally transformed. And just because the, the population in California has grown, they haven't added many university campuses, a couple here and there. But for the, for the large part, it's a supply and demand issue. The UCs are incredibly competitive to get into. And yep. San Diego State is almost as competitive as a UC. I mean, you, you, you basically need a 4.0 and like a 1,200 SAT. I think that's those are the averages for their incoming class. It's incredible. I mean, midterm week at a basketball game now, the student section is half full because people are actually studying for midterms. I have friends whose kids go there and they're studying all the time. So it's changed. Uh, the professors talk about it all the time, the caliber of student they used to have, and the ones they have now, it's, it's night and day. Yeah, I can and vouch for that. As the, as the parent of a high school junior, I can vouch for the fact that uh, you know, the impacted UCs, uh, San Diego State's a- academic, the profile has risen dramatically. The admissions bar is is incredible compared to what it used to be. That a lot of 4.0 kids can't get into the UCs and are going to San Diego State. Yeah, and Cal Poly uh, Slow is the other one that, that's yep. really benefited from that. But yeah, so it, it, it's changed. And so I think they, they sort of aspire to the Pac-12. So to answer your question about the Big 12, They've had conversations. I think it's out there. My take, and I could be completely off on this, but is I think they've kind of used each other. I think San Diego State has used the Big 12 chatter to try to, to get some leverage and get the, the Pac-12 moving like, oh, we don't want to lose them. And I think uh, the Big 12 has used San Diego State for the same reasons. Like, well, we'll take San Diego State. If hey, Arizona, you don't want to come, we'll take them. You, you know, we've only got so many spots, but we'd rather have you. And, and so I think they've used each other. I don't know how serious it is, but this is conference realignment, remember it. It could change overnight. You could have a you know a Big Twelve, Pac twelve super conference tomorrow, like just like the live deal that we had no idea about. It was negotiated and you know at a meeting in Venice and and just announced. I mean, it crazy stuff happens, and so I I wouldn't be completely shocked if they got an invitation, but I, I highly doubt it. And the other thing is pull back to thirty thousand feet. You're going to take a school in San Diego and put it in a, in a conference with with schools in Lubbock, Texas, Waco, Texas, Stillwater, Oklahoma, Ames, Iowa. Morgan, you're going to send a softball team to Morgantown, West Virginia. You're going to send your tennis team to Central Florida. I mean, really? You know, I mean, from San Diego, getting those places, it's it's two flights and a two-hour bus ride. I mean, it's going to take eight, ten hours. Student-athlete experience is, is awful. And I just don't see that happening. And, 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 the other, and the other thing is, if you're trying to protect your marquee program, basketball, you're going to send them into that conference where they'll be happy to finish sixth. They could be really good. They could be the you know as good as they are now and finish ninth, and and I don't think they're really eager uh, to jump into that. I know that the BYU coaches are just killing themselves, going, "This is going to be brutal," and uh, and and you know they play a home and home every year or every uh, they keep renewing a home and home with BYU. They're very close to them, and I think they're they've got they're a little scared off by that. So I, I don't think there's a lot of internal um, motivation to go there. But if, if that's their only resort, then that's what they do. Mark, let me ask you, you know, the Final Four and San Diego State's run in the men's basketball tournament was so much fun for a lot of people. It was fun to read you covering it, and now you find yourself in the throes of uh, expansion realignment coverage like Wilner and I, and I'm eager to get back to talking college football and writing about college football, but uh, what's it been like for you, like this story on your plate in the wake of all that fun on the court? Well, you know, it's interesting. We haven't written about it maybe as much as we should. It's it's hard to know how much to write about because so much of it is speculation, right? And that's why I appreciate what you guys have done is, is really keep people up to date and explain what all this stuff means. Um, and so, you know, 
yeah, I mean, it's in the off season for basketball, but still a lot of stuff's going on with this program. Anything you write about the basketball team is gobbled up. Um, people are, are interested in it. They're interested in who they're getting, scheduling, all that. Um, but it's just one of those things. It's weird because you don't, no one trains you to journalism school to, to, to write about this stuff. Um, and there's no kind of template for doing it. Um, and it's just such an odd thing that, you know, you grow up with very defined conferences and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to jump to another one, but you don't know. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little odd. And, it, and, and the hardest thing is, um, it's hard to play in your life, as you probably know, because something could break at any moment. I mean, I was sitting on Friday, just relaxing, enjoying myself, working on some stories in advance and doing some some other things. And and all of a sudden, you know, I get a call about these letters and I'm like, oh, my gosh, really? And, you know, ever since then, it's been constantly on the phone with people trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, well said. That is uh, that's uh, I can understand your, how exactly what you're feeling there. Uh have have had that experience uh many times in the last 11 and a half months i mean <laughs> 11 and a half months oh man uh well hey mark thanks a ton for joining us uh your insight into what what's going on down there i think is going to serve not only san diego state fans but pac 12 fans as well uh and the way you were able to kind of connect all the dots between athletics and academics and the and the resources because the, you know, realignment is so complicated and uh, you just did a fabulous job of kind of explaining everything for folks. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. Let me ask you guys a question. Where do you see this going? Where do you, from your, from your vantage point, what do you see San Diego state doing on the 30th? Um, and, and, and how do you think they're going to play this? I think it's going to bleed over. I, and I think, you know, I had a PAC 12 CEO group member tell me, you know, don't, hold us to June 30th, the the deadline, the pressure's off. And within an hour, the news of the letter came out. And so I think those things were tied together. And I think the Pac-12 very much views the timeline as, okay, that's settled. Maybe San Diego State gave notice. But I think the Pac-12, you know, I, we can t- I can hear that the Pac-12 believes it's going to beat the Big 12's number of $31.6 million per school uh, in its distributions. And I don't see how they get there, Mark, without – San Diego State and SMU. They need the inventory. They need the markets. And so I think San Diego State and SMU both get in. And I, and I think SMU, Wilner, I think you might back me on this. I think SMU might pay their way in or, or, or come in at a zero distribution in, in the first couple of years. They're, they're in a very different situation than San Diego State. But I think San Diego State gets its wish. I think they're going to get admission to the Pac-12 ultimately. Yeah, SMU could pay their way in with barrels of oil. Um, <laughs> No, and the thing is, I have to believe it's going to be done by July 21st. They cannot have Pac-12 football media day in Vegas with this thing unresolved. It would be a PR nightmare. Uh, so I, I think we've got we got a month. It's going to end within a month. Thank thank goodness. Yeah. Well, so you think San Diego State just takes that leap of faith and 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 uh, pays the 17 million now, and and because if they you know wait a month or even wait a day. Uh, that's going to be 34 million. You think they just take that leap of faith and and then uh, hope it, everything falls into place within the next few weeks? I I think San Diego State knows something that we don't know. That's my guess. I think this thing is way farther down the road, uh, and it may it may end up you know fizzling at the very last second. I don't know, but I have to believe San Diego State has been told something very privately uh, 
that has given them some kind of reassurance that this is going to work out for them. Yeah. And, and one thing I will tell you is it just from the sense of it's speaking to people, I don't know that they have a, 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 a solid assurance because, you know, I don't think they would have sent that letter and that, if that was the case, I think they would have just, I think they would have just waited on June 30th and just left. And, you know, and the people I've asked up there and said, what are you going to do on June 30th? The, the answer is we really don't know. Um, I think they've, they have conversations and I'm sure they've, they've called George up, George K as, as people call him and, and said, Hey, we got to have some kind of feeling here. And uh, if you really want us, you, you got to give us more than just, yeah, you're in the conversation. So I think they, maybe they get that before the 30th and then they jump, but um, you know, they wouldn't have sent a letter back saying, Oh no, no, we're really not out of your conference yet. If I think they had something pretty solid. Uh, and so I think they're twisting the wind a little bit, but you know, someone's going to have to give them something because if, if they don't, they, they just stay in the conference and have to wait a year, which the PAC 12 definitely does not want them waiting a year uh, till 25, 26, because they lose the inventory for 24, 25. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well said, boy, you, you have been uh, incredibly informative on this whole thing. We thank you uh, for your time and uh, doing it a little bit last minute, uh, you know, figured it out yesterday. I think it was. Thanks for making time for us on this. Yeah, my pleasure. Can't wait to see how this works out. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you. Boy, he was, he did a great job. Yep. I think he was the perfect guest for this podcast. And, and he filled in some blanks that I had questions about. And I think he really gave us a flavor for what people are thinking and feeling at San Diego State. Wilner, what your reac reaction as you, as you heard that? Yeah, well, I, the thing is he connected the dots uh, because there's, this is a layered deal. Realignment is, is very complicated. And he touched on the competitive aspect of this whole thing, the, the vibe on campus. He touched on the academic component and, you know, the 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 alignment with Pac-12 schools in that regard, what San Diego State is doing to improve its academic profile. He touched on the the challenge they're going to have with NIL and the and the the donor base. And those are all important pieces, you know, to to the to the puzzle for, for San Diego state. And I, I just thought it was fantastic insight from somebody who is, is, you know, is down there and has been covering that, that program for a long, long time. The PAC 12 has not extended an offer to San Diego state. They have not extended an offer to SMU. I find it uh, remarkable that the letter was written to the mountain West conference in a way that, that had any kind of ambiguity about what they were trying to, uh, to accomplished and, and it was written in a way with, that it could easily be misconstrued as a formal notice of withdrawal and then they have to send the second letter you know uh, is it a strike against san diego state or is it just sloppy yeah see i don't think the pac-12 has that has much of a choice with with the expansion I, i've thought all along they need the game inventory and the markets uh and they need 12 teams for that so you know, it does seem like San Diego State is without leverage, but at the same time, what's the Pac-12 going to do yeah, if nobody you're going to pass leverage. on a team? <laughs> yeah. You're going to pass on a basketball team that was just in the national championship game and is you know 90 miles from the most fertile recruiting ground in your conference footprint. They can't pass on them. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens on June 30th. But uh, I think that they're going to end up figuring out. Th there's ways you can 
work around those those exit fees or you can you can come up with installment plans whatever whatever that number is they're going to get it figured out whether it's june 30th or you know july 20th i i don't think it's going to go that deep into july i i i'm i was told don't hold us to june 30th it could spill over and i saw spillover is early july might need a few extra days probably trying to aim to get it done but um, you know, maybe SMU and one of the donors there will uh, will spot San Diego State some of that money and they can pay their first installment uh, to the Mountain West Conference. Who knows? Uh, I'm John yeah. Canzano. You can read me at johnconzano.com. He's John Wilner. Find him at pac12hotline.com. Appreciate that you listen to this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody.